And, you know, what happened for me was then I eventually went through this period of burnout and stress. And then until I actually dealt with insomnia for an extended period of time. And so from that place, you know, got to see what life was like without getting the sleep that we need and really became so mission driven on this topic. Hey, friend, it's David Nabinsky here in New York City. So excited for this Portfolio Career podcast episode with Molly McLaughlin. How'd you sleep last night? Have you ever thought about designing your life and daily routines around sleep? Molly is the founder of a company called Sleep is a Skill. Sleep is a Skill. Amazing name, right? In this episode, you'll learn how she became an expert in sleep, practical tips to improve your sleep, and also how she is building her portfolio career around her company and sleep. In addition to her company, she is soon launching a podcast and an online course. Molly and I have become friends in New York City, and I was always inspired by how much she was traveling, and I was always inspired by how she was always traveling and always doing a lot of fun things with great people, and I was really excited to have this opportunity to learn more about how she designs her life and is building her portfolio career. Um, As always, this episode with timestamp notes is available on my website at PortfolioCareerPodcast.com. So excited for you to build and grow your portfolio career. Here we go with Molly. Well, Molly, if we were to go to an event tonight, how do you typically introduce yourself? So I introduce myself as, hi, my name's Molly. I own a company called Sleep is a Skill that helps people optimize their sleep through technology, accountability, and behavioral change. Amazing. Well, speaking of sleep, uh, I love how you're focusing on that being a skill set and portfolio career podcast is around, you know, people taking ownership of their career skills and work. And I think it's just so amazing to think about uh, sleep as a skill. And so I just love to hear how you think about sleep as a skill. Mm, Yeah, no, great question. Um, So, you know, I'm making a kind of bold statement with that by saying sleep is a skill. And I would I would venture that if you were to go back, you know, thousands of years and try to make that argument, um, you know, during hunter gatherer days that it would just land on deaf ears and sound probably ridiculous. Um, And yet in my argument is that in the past, you know, really since Edison, that now we've created a environment for ourselves that's, you know, a little counter to how things were done for so, so long um, and, you know, the course of human history. So if that's the case, then now working within this new kind of paradigm that we've created for ourselves, that there's an opportunity to kind of relearn the skill of sleep and often the forgotten skill of sleep. Um, so from that place, then there's a number of things that we can do. And a lot of them have to do with kind of stripping away the things that we have, um, layered in that remove us from some of the most basic rhythms of nature that, you know, living in, you know, often urban environments, but even any, um, kind of man-made environment can create this disconnect. Um, and we'll get more into the details on what those are, but, they're profound, and I think we're only just starting to scratch the surface of understanding how much they can skew us off of our, of our off course, but also our sleep course. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe you provide like an example or two of like what you think like some of your clients do wrong. I know there's you have on your website a bunch of different like kind of assessments and things like that, but uh, maybe just like 
you know, some common things that you see that people uh, do wrong with that whole like new paradigm and old paradigm kind of thing? Yes. So good. Um, so if we're talking about this new paradigm and old paradigm thing, basically what I'm pointing to is that now if we just, you know, kind of pan out and look at how many of us are living our days, um, you know, some of the stats point to the, you know, around 90% of our days are spent inside. Um, so if we're coming from that, then we have to almost come from a state of we've kind of become self-created zoo animals in a lot of ways. You know, we're so disconnected from, you know, that sunrise and sunset, which used to really be the external clock that we all kind of set our days around for so long. And, you know, it sounds weird often to think about now, but for for thousands of years, that was how things were run. And you you would wake up with the sun on, in a lot of ways, you know, plus or minus a little bit of time. But then you'd had a, a certain amount of time to get all the things that you need to get done before the sun sets. And then when the sun sets, pretty much the party's over. Um, you know, there may be a little bit of fire, but that was about it. And then sleep was regulated very coupled with that process. And but now, um, since that is we've deviated from that, if we think of you know, certainly part of my story is that I lived, you know, in the middle of Manhattan for over a decade and just I couldn't have told you when the sun would rise or set if, mm. you know, my life depended on it half the time. So it was so dis- disconnected from that. And um, and it kind of created this uh, separate environment around, you know, uh, faux lights, LEDs, all the screens, all the tech. And so my schedule was really deviant from the the rhythms of nature. Um, so I use myself as an example and, you know, what happened for me was then I eventually went through this period of burnout and stress. And then until I actually dealt with insomnia for an extended period of time. And so from that place, you know, got to see what life was like without getting the sleep that Mm. we need and really became so mission driven on this topic because then starting to go down the rabbit hole and see what could make a difference. And then, you know, just very organically working with other people and bringing in some of the distinctions that I was learning around, you know, circadian rhythm, chronobiology was really, really exciting. So to get back to your original question of like, what are some of those standard things, you know, with that kind of background. So it looks like basically having a weak circadian rhythm relationship. So um, our basic circadian rhythm is around a 24-hour timeline, and but it's dynamic too, and it can either be pushed out or, you know, kind of moved back. Um, and that's kind of what's amazing about it. The best example is, you know, when you travel across many time zones, then, you know, of course, the first couple days are a little wonky, but then your body does adjust to its new environment and its new time, which is amazing. And yet what we don't often realize is that we are, we're kind of creating our own self-created jet lag on a regular basis when we are skewing off of a more consistent time um, timeline for our sleep regularly. So how can we fix that? So how do we fix that? That's like a million dollar <laughs> question. Exactly. So, so what do we do to strengthen our circadian rhythm? So what we can do is look to what are some of the main, what they call time givers or zeitgeibers, um, which just mean time givers, uh, which basically that impact the circadian rhythm the most. So there's a kind of a top down um, on the things that are some of the biggest influencers. Um, but number one is light. So light is so crucial. And, you know, I certainly didn't respect the power of light for many, many years. 
So when we talk about light, it's also coupled with darkness. So getting um, a connection with your environment in a way that's really abnormal now in our society is really groundbreaking. Um, and you will have to do some weird things in order to have that work. So um, number one, just about every client I work with, we have them go outside for the first around 20 minutes of the day. Um, so that they're getting, you know, sunlight. So what we call that is actually a major light anchoring process. Um, so when you have that light anchoring, then that helps your body to then kind of calibrate how long, how much longer throughout the course of the day before it's going to produce melatonin. There's this really cool Hmm. connection with that, which is fascinating. And so the problem is for many of us, certainly, um, you know, again, using myself as an example, I would, um, not get my first shot of light until, you know, way late. It would be well past, you know, noon or what have you for many, many years. And so then with that, then my body is being trained to then go to bed much later consistently. So you can use this power of light to really help shift your own, um, kind of sleep clock in a way that you want. So you can either make it, pull it back or send it out. Um, so that light and then also pairing that with darkness and there's a lot you can do in the evening side of things. So post sunset, you know, wearing blue blockers, changing your, your light environment, uh, looking at red lights or very, very red, um, heavy lighting. So whether incandescent bulbs at the very least candlelights, you know, I mean, all these things can sound so wild and Mm. yet again, 200 years ago, not so wild, but so there's lots you can do there. Below light is um, temperature. So temperature is one that gets impacted by a bunch of things. So it can be your immediate temperature, you know, within your environment. So even utilizing your thermostat to mimic what it would have been like outside and, you know, when the sun would be up. Um, and then, of course, as the sun sets, then we all notice if we go camping or whatever, oh, it got so cold. Yeah. Um, so so how can we, you know, kind of mimic that for our bodies? Because we forget that our bodies are still queued up to how it's been for thousands of years. So mimicking that, but also there's a lot of other things that we do behaviorally that then can shift our temperature. So that looks at things like what times we eat. Um, So there's such a thing as metabolic jet lag that we, you know, when we have all these different weirdo timings for um, what time we're eating, then that can be another confusing part to the body because Again, if we, you know, look at the kind of the blueprint of how it was during hunter-gatherer periods, what was likely is that we didn't eat much later than sunset, because how would you go hunting, you know, when it's dark out? How would you do these, you know, how would you be eating and why would you be eating? We're actually, if our circadian rhythm is aligned, um, usually the hunger and satiety uh, hormones are aligned in a way that help you to be able to curb your hunger in the evening. Um, so it can be, if you are someone that gets, you know, starving in the middle of the night, it can be a really good sign that your circadian rhythm is out of whack. Mm. And mine certainly was for so long. You know, I used to have a big bulk of my meals in past midnight, you know, so, (laughs) so, and then, um, and then, you know, that doesn't even get into sleep quality of what that does. If you eat big meals and what have you before bed, it can really, really, uh, skew your sleep quality. Um, and then. So times you eat, also exercise timing. Um, so of course, exercise really you know warms up the body, and so putting that into our schedule in a way that makes sense and helps kind of cultivate this like warm, active, awake, um, energetic body during the day, and then kind of this nice cooling process in the evening. So we're doing that. We're also even looking at thought timing and how thoughts um, can even. 
I mean, this is a really kind of deeper one, but how thoughts can even cool or warm up the body. And that's Mm. really trippy. But, you know, kind of those hot-headed, you know, sayings or isms are actually rooted in some sort of, you know, actual tangible facts in that when we think in a way that can really rev up our, you know, heart rate and our physiology, then that can actually cause some a slight temperature raise or deviation if we if we can calm and the difference that can come about, you know, meditation, mm-hmm. what have you. Um, so those are just some of the things. And then there's also things, different modalities that you can work with around heat therapy, cold therapy, you know, being mindful of there's a whole other body of within chronobiology that looks at chronopharmacology. So like the timing of some of, you know, supplements or drugs that you might be taking and even drugs can go in the form of just when we're taking our coffee, when we're taking our alcohol, you know, so there's tons of things that are very rich that can impact um, our sleep. And, you know, as far as the question with the clients, like there are just some real regular ones that will come out, um, you know. Like many people don't think of the lighting topic. So as they start to dial that in, that can really make a surprising difference. But also the meal timing is a big one for people uh, because it's really asking to start trying on things that are deviant from our culture. Um, So you're looking at trying to move back your last meal of the day a bit earlier, you know, than than is more the norm, Mm -hmm. you know, so some of these things can be challenging and can take some time um, and finesse and commitment to, to bring in. Yeah. Sounds like you're in addition to some of these new things that are, you know, newer ideas and, and, you know, technology and products and things. There's also still just this idea that like a lot of times we know what to do, but we still just don't do it. So I'm just so glad that you're uh, pioneering this and, and leading this, this movement and communicating to people the stuff that, that we just need to hear more of. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's so well said. Cause, um, you know, they talk about how oftentimes we, the kind of important things in life we often know, and it's just that we need to be reminded of on a more regular basis. And so it's just kind of doing the reminding. And so, you know, for me, it was, I was so deep in the weeds with like my kind of righteousness for a long time that like, oh, I'm a night owl and this is what I do and it's Mm -hmm. no big deal and um, until it just didn't work for me anymore until it, you know, really affected my health and well-being, And I had to really I was forced to make a change through if I wanted to, you know, cause a breakthrough in that area. So, you know, with that, you're right. Like this is something that often we need to have this on the, be reminded of more regularly. And if we can also set ourselves up powerfully to be surrounded by these types of, you know, systems and different mechanisms that help to bring this in, you know, so certain sleep gadgets can help make a difference to get us connected to, you know, what our stats are and start to course correct a little bit faster than we might, you know, just for kind of flying blind, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, if if we think of it as a skill, um, so that's always right. It's like, if you think of it as a skill and skills are you know, call it monetized, used, things like that yeah. um, is an important kind of trigger, I think, as opposed to, oh, it's just sleep. Um, yeah. But, and I also love how I think you recommend a lot to for people to take a log um, mm-hmm. to track yeah. things like that. That's awesome. But now it's really fascinating to me is like how you went through this experience and then now you're turning it into like a body of work, mm. right? So um, you're coming out with podcasts in, in a couple of weeks um, working on a book, a course. So maybe kind of walk us through that 
a little bit of an evolution. I know it probably wasn't overnight, but um, just yes. a little bit of like, I had this problem. I started talking to people about it. And then now it's a lot more than that. Yeah, no, it's actually, you're making me think of just last night. Um, I was listening to this, uh, this podcast and this guy was talking about how the importance of uh, leaning into, if we think of our lives on a scale of one to 10 and that, you know, one being like the worst, one of the worst days of your life, like just so rough. And then 10 is like one of the best days of your life. Just, you know, you remember it vividly. It's amazing. Um, that so many of us hang out in like the four to six range or, you know, just because we have the fears of that one. Mm -hmm. So we stay away from the one. And that really struck me because, um, when I thought of my ones, it actually was during the time that I couldn't sleep. And so it was one of my lowest periods of life. And interestingly enough, during when this was all happening, it was this sense of, oh my God, there's no silver lining. I like to think of myself as a pretty positive person. And yet during that, I just couldn't see it. It was just mm. like, what a, am I going to have to be a person that's going to have to take like sleep pills, you know, a pill every night to get to sleep? Like that just didn't agree with my psychology. And yet I felt like I just didn't have the tools um, to do something that I felt was so, you know, that we would think of being so natural. Um, and so it felt like a crazy disempowering place. And of course, that doesn't happen in a vacuum. This was like a, a series of things in my life that just I wasn't managing in a way that worked. So it was one of my lowest, my, my one. <laughs> and yet what's been phenomenal is as I started to restore that area, so I had to do a lot of work, both behaviorally, environmentally, physio- my physiology. And so by beginning to bring that back into kind of harmony and thankfully being able to sleep again all naturally, then I began to build that confidence back in myself of even the most basic of things. Um, and so when I started to work with other people, this was just totally Really organic because um, of course during my period I'm very obsessive personality probably hence where my you know difficulties with falling asleep happened like an overactive mind and then but I it actually ended up being my saving grace too for mm. you know going down the rabbit hole and kind of learning what I needed to learn and doing what I needed to do to shift this out so as a you know I was on all these different groups and forums and things uh, to try to you know find the way to restore my sleep and then so once I started you know, restoring that went back to those communities and then was helping other people, um, just, you know, naturally. And then that was so rewarding as people would start to actually sleep better by trying out, you know, a lot of these things I was talking about were a little out of the norm too. So they would be some weird things I'd having them do. Um, like what? Well, you know, as uh, and of course I can be extreme. So, you know, with the the light thing, I'm like, okay, so you're only having candlelight post sunset, you know, it would be like at least, you know, for not for life, maybe, but um, just for for a period of time, I would have them keep, you know, like worry books. So you would do like kind of almost um, rather than like leaving your kind of worrying and stressing to the bed and linking that up, then we would put that in during the day when they could actually write it out and maybe take some action on it. Um, so just a lot of things, right? And so then people would um, start doing these things and as they started making a difference in their sleep, then it was, okay, so I'm going to do some small groups with this. And then it you know, kind of grew into this whole company. And particularly now, you know, I'm really interested in different types of innovation. Um, So bringing in different types of sleep, you know, gadgets and gizmos can be great. Um, So we'll do those things too. So I have like every morning kind of a 
almost like ESPN readout of everyone's sleep stats, you know, because I have everyone wearing certain things. And that can be super helpful to feel accountability. We have them using like sleep bots. Um, So every morning they kind of do a debrief of the night before and then plan out their day around these circadian rhythm, you know, kind of concepts. Um, So, you know, that's some of the things that we have them, you know, doing. And I guess so on that trajectory of that, Number one, one. that yeah, one, ones, yeah. um, it really, I'm so grateful because now I feel like some of my tens have been um, from a place of now being able to share what I've become so passionate about um, and then being able to see the difference. You know, so now I have people that have been tracking, you know, their sleep for an extended period of time. And now it literally looks like, you know, there'd be like low dips in their, you know, total sleep um, duration. And then we have them rising like, you know, a mountain like Mount Everest to improve their total sleep um, just as one basic metric. So it's it's rewarding and inspiring and I think so important. I think now people are ready to hear, getting ready to hear this message in a new way. And so then, so you've kind of gone around the world as well. And I think that that's really fascinating about just kind of, you know, living the life that you you want to live and not necessarily uh, society and cultural norms and stuff like that. All right. So then you started the company and then it was, okay, how else can I continue to extend my message and my yeah. expertise and stuff like that? Well, and also because, you know, it was, it was scratching my own itch at first, too, because I was like practicing different things, like learning different things. And um, and this was really confronting, you know, to bring back to like, you know, the the visceral experience of like, um, I can't have to take something to go to sleep, you know, especially with traveling. You know, there's certain countries in the world that, you know, coming in with all these different heavy duty Mm. medications, just, it doesn't fly. Like you have, it's a whole, you know, kind of thing to even do. And that just did not, one of the reasons why I didn't agree with me. Um, And so, because I wanted to be able to set myself up to have this like no limit life, you know, to be able to travel, to do, go anywhere, but also just not be dependent on things. We have one backpack and carry on, um, you know, I don't want to have to bring this whole arsenal of things to do something very primal. So, you know, it kind of came from there and I call it um, the desert island approach. So it really, and for my own goal of wanting to be able to, if I wash up on a desert island and I have nothing but like, you know, the clothes on my back that I can know myself to get great sleep and I don't have to be reliant on all the things, you know, which is counter to, you know, because I mentioned singing the praises of some of these, you know, sleep tech innovations, which are fantastic to kind of bring more awareness into our sleep. But at the same time, I'm looking for us all to, you know, to learn these things, but to not to build a crutch and to actually mm. then be able to, you know, kind of like when you wear crutches, like eventually you put them away um, and you're, you know, you're set. So that's part of the thought process too, is to be able to, while these things can be wonderful to not be dependent on any of these things. And that includes, you know, even some supplements and some of these things I really, I fight against, not fight, but I make a stand that it doesn't necessarily, if we get a lot of these things in alignment, that it doesn't uh, necessarily mean that you have to spend hundreds of dollars on different supplements that, you know, which can actually be tricky and damaging if you're not being mindful of what you're putting into your body. So kind of going counter to some of the, well, you know, if you're not going to go allopathic and have, you know, Western medications um, that are more heavy duty, oh, Mm -hmm. just take all these supplements. And I don't think that's the answer either. I think there's, um, you know, and there's 
this, this is a bigger topic, of course, and there's certain situations where it warrants certain things, but largely I think we've forgotten the behavioral shifts that we can make to make a difference here. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I'm not going to let that no limit life just kind of slip by. I love that. And what's fascinating to me is like how you want to help people uh, think about sleep as a skill and, and then empower them with their sleep and then hopefully encourage them to have a no limit life as well. Yes. And, no limit and, living. And, and for them to have more tens than ones. Yes, yes. And to cultivate and it maybe even not be as afraid of the ones, if that makes sense. So even the the podcast I was listening to, the guy that was talking about that, he'd done all these crazy things where he's like walked across Antarctica and done all this, you yeah. know, just heavy duty, you know, probably was not um, delightful type of experience. And yet in that um, the challenge, you know, getting stronger and, you know, growing, because some of the things I ask people to do are challenging. And, you know, because it's it's not always easy to shift so many behaviors because there are a lot of behaviors that go into improving our sleep and bringing in consistency and kind of elements of discipline. So being more willing to to maybe even go into some of the ones, but then with the ones being around, then you stretch what's possible for your resiliency um, and then your ability to experience the tens. Mm-hmm. You know, because I think for me, if I hadn't have had that experience with the one, what was likely on the path that I was on was just a lot of, you know, fours to six, <laughs> which is great. And yet that's a different type of life, you know? So I got a feeling you'd want a 10 life no matter what. I want a 10 life. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? Is it your cousin that, uh, he started, uh, posting about not, I don't know. It's not, it's not resume. It's not goals, but it's, it's a little bit like Jesse Etzler's, uh, build your life resume or, yes. or something along that lines. It is my cousin. Yeah. He's wonderful. Yeah. He's doing some amazing things living in China right now. Um, and so, yeah, he was doing, um, or is doing a kind of documenting, um, hitting, yeah, some of the very much like Jesse, you know, hitting some of those main like bucket list almost items, but instead of making it just reserved for, you know, more maybe end of life, or if we think of it as that, you know, kind of putting the, the time limits on it to be a bit tighter to achieve, you know, sooner than later. So yeah, he's living a bit more of a, you know, traveling renegade life. And, um, and, you know, and, and of course those aren't always easy and it can sound really great. And yet uh, right now he's having to deal with, you know, the virus over Mm -hmm. in, you know, China and what's happening there and being a bit displaced with what's going on. You know, so there's, definitely some ones that he's had to go through. So I keep using this analogy. (laughs) (laughs) I literally just watched like last night, um, this podcast, but, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting because I think that's so powerful to have these different, um, structures to put on our lives. And, you know, so the sleep uh, element of it, um, I think can be a real vessel to getting to this no limit living, because if you are going that way, then, it's, I almost call it like a Trojan horse effect where, you know, you go in after the concept of sleep, but inadvertently in order to get great sleep, um, what becomes really apparent is that then you have to make a difference in all of these other areas of your life that you maybe were, had best of intentions with shifting. I've always wanted to work out. I've always wanted to eat better and differently. I've always wanted to, you know, be outside more, Mm. get more sunlight, whatever. And yet, 
then suddenly when the paradigm or the the focus shifts to sleep, then getting that those things are part of the package, then suddenly your life kind of, you know, goes up 10 X's out of just doing that whole conversation, you know, so it's a really exciting, I think, thing to delve into. Um, But it also gets to one of my other kind of arguments that which can be a little counter um, culture is that I make the argument that for health and well-being that instead, you know, because many of us think of, okay, well, I got to eat right. I got to work out, da, 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 um, which are very important. And yet at the same time, I make the argument that sleep has to be number one on the totem pole. Um, so coming from that place, then the food, the exercise, those other, you know, meditation, all those things can actually take root in a way that's sustainable and lasting that sleep is number one and it's the trojan horse to um and uh a special life yes yeah definitely okay well if people want consistent insights and and resources and stuff like that please let listeners know how they can follow up and stay in touch and if there's anything else that you think we missed um please let us know but um so many different uh takeaways here and can't wait for some better sleep tonight i love hearing that my favorite thing. Oh my God. Um, yes. Good. Well, we'll have to, I'll check back in with you and see how that all pans out. Um, and then, yeah, as far as they can, you know, learn more, um, if you go to sleepisaskill.com, you can one sign up for a weekly newsletter. If you haven't already, you know, gleaned this, I am very obsessive. So I call it Molly's Monday obsessions, um, where every Monday I share what I'm obsessing about around sleep and health and wellness and tons of resources in there. Um, so that's every week. And then in addition, you can also fill out a sleep assessment on there to get some, um, you know, kind of personalized feedback around, um, around your sleep. Also releasing a course called the sleep reset. That's all on there. And then launching the podcast sleep is a skill podcast to talk all things sleep. Yeah. Amazing. (laughs) Thank you so much, Molly. Really appreciate it. Yes. Oh, thank you. I so appreciate your time. Hey friend. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Portfolio Career Podcast. Wanted to also let you know about my monthly newsletter called One Email Away, where I fundamentally believe that we are all one email away from new opportunities. And if there's a way that I could potentially help you to connect with other people, I would love to do that. So one email away. Um, You can sign up for my newsletter on my website at PortfolioCareerPodcast.com. You can also see the one email away section, but just want to take this moment to say thank you for for listening to this episode. Really excited for us to build and grow our portfolio careers together. 